0: الحمد لله، الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى. أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. ولا تمشي في الأرض مراحا. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من تواضع لله رفعه الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters. Last week we had discussed a few things about the extremely essential quality of تواضع and humility. And how essential it is that this becomes part and parcel of our lives. It was also explained that this is not something optional. It is not something that is on the level of some Nafil act. That if it is done, it is very good and very virtuous. And if it is not acquired, then fine it's not too serious this is not on that level if it is not done then it is a major problem because there is no such thing as a vacuum and this the that we are talking about is the opposite of a very serious malady called takabbur pride so it cannot be day and night at the same time it will either be day or it will be night. So likewise, it is not that the person cannot have takabbur and no tawazu at the same time. Either there will be takabbur, or there will be tawazu. Either there will be pride, or there will be humility. If humility is missing, it means that there is pride. And pride is an extremely serious malady It is this pride that caused the downfall of Shaitan and it is the pride that causes the downfall of people all the time, those who succumb to this pride those who don't allow the humility to be learned they don't learn the humility, they don't bring in the humility in their lives as a result of which then the consequences are very very severe, very dire. So therefore we have to keep reminding ourselves of how essential, how important this Tawadu is and trying to inculcate this in our lives. The Tawadu that we have discussed about is obviously a very detailed subject and there are many many aspects that need to be understood very carefully. But here we will be just trying to conscientize ourselves, make ourselves aware, make ourselves conscious of how important this is and how necessary it is that we keep repeating this lesson. We keep talking about it ourselves to others as well. We discuss it sometimes with our classmates, sometimes at home, sometimes with others, with our friends, relatives, because this can never be overemphasized, the importance of Tawazu can never be overemphasized. It is extremely essential. Now, let us just look at some of the effects that come about if this Tawazu is missing and how serious this can be. One is <coughs> that in the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned is Aisha Siddiqah she once asked Rasulullah about a relative that had been in the times of Jahiliyyah and he was a very very generous person very kind, very generous person somebody who used to be very helpful to people and he was a very good person in that sense, in terms of his kindness, his compassion, his generosity, very generous, very big-hearted. But he died in the time of Jahiliya. So Aisha Siddiqa Anha asked Rasulullah what about him, where will he end up? So, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied and said that not once in his life he said, Rabbi khati'ati, rabbi khati'ati Ya Allah forgive me on the day of Qiyamah. What this was meant to say is that not once he submitted to Allah Taala. He did not accept iman at any level. So he was in shirk, despite his generosity, despite his kindness, despite his compassion despite all the other good qualities that we might say he had, but there was one major factor. And what is that major factor? That major factor is actually pride. What pride? That the person was not prepared to submit entirely to Allah Ta'ala alone. It's a kind of pride. It's holding a person back from tawheed. It's holding a person back from the accepting the oneness of Allah Ta'ala and submitting to the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. So what happened as a result? The person got doomed to Jahannam despite so many good things that the person did. But the system of Allah Ta'ala is that the person does some good in dunya, and if there is going to be nothing for the person in akhirat, because he doesn't want to accept iman, he'll get the reward of his good in dunya. He'll get the benefits of his good in dunya. But then, later on, there's nothing in the akhirat. Just to digress on this, there's one incident about one person who was on his deathbed. This is mentioned in some kitab that the person was on his deathbed, a good person, a believer in Allah wa Taala, person with iman, person with righteous actions, and now he is on his last, very ill. You can see now its time is very very limited. He's taking away close very close to his death. So, in that condition, this person desired to eat fish. So, somebody went to try and get some fish, catch some fish. So, that fish that was there also, somehow it was kept away. Meaning that, whichever way, by the means of some angel, whatever, Allah talam, made made it that that fish never came. This person passed away without having had that fish he probably lived another day, two days, Allah knows. And that was it. On the other side there was in the same time a Jewish person who was also on his deathbed. And he desired to have fish. So somebody went to catch one fish for him. So there was no fish in that pond. Allah ta'ala instructed an angel to go and put one fish in that pond. So he put the fish, that fish got caught, that fish was brought out, was prepared was fed to this person, so he enjoyed the fish also. And then something, whatever, he lived for a short while and died. Now this was a very strange thing, apparently a very strange thing. So the angel inquired that, ya Allah, this person was a believer, was a pious person, and he had a desire to have something. Now it was his last days, but that was not granted to him. This person was a disbeliever. And he desired something, it was given to him. It was not even there, it was made available miraculously for him. So the reply was that this person got nothing left for akhirat. He is going to his eternal doom. Because he doesn't have iman, he doesn't want to bring iman. So he is going to his eternal destruction and doom. So there was some good deed that was still left uncompensated. So that got done now. He got his fish, end of it. He wiped out everything. This person didn't get the fish now but what he will get in return for that in the Akhirat is beyond imagination. So many a times it happens a person gets disappointed that I was wishing for something, it didn't come and I wish I had this, I wish I had that. But sometimes that wish is being stored for us in the Akhirat. Other aspect therein is That Allah Ta'ala's hikmat is beyond our comprehension. We can't fathom the depth of the hikmat of Allah Ta'ala. We can't fathom a fraction of it. A small iota of it. Allah Ta'ala knows that this person, if this wish of his is granted, sometimes we are wishing for certain things, if that wish is granted, Allah knows best whether we will even still keep making ibadat. That because of that wish being granted, and we are now flying high, Allah knows best whether we'll even turn to Him, raise our hands to Him and beg of Him. We might become rebellious. And another person, that is what's probably keeping Him on track. All this is in the hikmat and the wisdom of Allah Ta'ala. It's not for us to get into it. Yes, we can make dua, we make dua, no problem. But we then submit ourselves to the decree of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, this takabbur, one takabbur is of this serious level that it makes a person actually be deprived of iman. That's what happened to shaitan. And that what's going on with people who refuse to accept iman. It's a takabbur, it's a pride. Then in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa a similar thing was with the jews That they had recognized Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as being the last and final messenger of Allah Ta'ala. They recognized the signs in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam like a person would recognize his own child. In other words, he'll have no doubt about it. This is my child. I know the features of my child. I know the various things about him. what, What his nose looks like. What his hands look like. What his eyes look like. I know everything perfectly. Even... Without the slightest shadow of doubt I can make the child out within million children. So just like that they made out all the signs of the last messenger that Allah Ta'ala had promised which were mentioned in their scriptures. In the light of those details they saw all this in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam without that shadow of doubt, like a person doesn't have any doubt about his own child. So then why didn't they accept? It was in the scriptures? The Quran Sharifallah says min Anfusihim Min مَا Ma لَهُمُ الْحَقِّ that they saw the truth as clear as daylight. But this hasad came in. Now this hasad also is all intertwined with this takabur that I feel myself greater, so therefore I am now jealous over the next person. Why he got it, I should have got it, I am better, I am greater, I am superior. So why did it go that way? It should have come this way. So now together with the takabbur, I am also desiring the downfall of the next person. Now this is that hasad, which stems from this takabbur also. So they refused to accept the finality of nubuat. They refused to accept Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as the last and final messenger of Allah ta'ala. As a result of which they became deprived of iman. They died on kufr and disbelief despite having knowledge, they had knowledge of the scriptures. They had knowledge, but the takabbur became a barrier. And despite the knowledge, they fell into destruction. Now how severe this takabbur is? That if they had this tawazo, they had humbled themselves, they would have become among perhaps the closest to Rasulullah ﷺ. And as a result, they would have become very, very close to Allah ta'ala but the takabbur became a barrier It blocked their way towards Iman It blocked their way to follow Rasulullah sallallahu wa They saw him, they saw all the signs in him But the takabbur became a barrier Can we imagine what a barrier the takabbur becomes? That it prevents a person from Iman Prevents a person from accepting Rasulullah sallallahu wa After seeing him, after being in his presence After seeing all the signs that were mentioned in the scriptures, as clear as daylight in him, but takabur. So if takabur can be so severe that it can stop a person from iman, then what about the other things? Takabur will be such a barrier in front of other things. From accepting the truth, somebody has been advised with something, he is just not prepared to understand, not prepared to accept, not because he doesn't understand, because he does not want to understand. Why he does not understand the takabur. For example, a person has made a mistake. All of us make mistakes. Who doesn't make mistakes? A person made a mistake and started making ghibat. We'll see it's a mistake. The person didn't realize or was not conscious of the fact at that moment that I have now slipped into ghibat. And this is what often happens. A person starts off from one point, starts discussing something, then he is now slowly drifting onto another topic, and before he knows it, he's making ghibat. He's making sarcastic comments about somebody, he's passing negative remarks about someone. And the sum total of it is, it's ghibat. 99% of the time, what we get involved in is ghibat. And sometimes 100% of the time, it's ghibat. Now somebody else picks it up, somebody else realizes it, and they correct you. That look, this is ghibah, you shouldn't be talking like this. This is wrong. This is a very severe sin. This is such a severe sin that the Quran Sharif, Allah in the Quran Sharif has, de, has described it like eating from the flesh of one's dead brother. The person has passed away, And after passing away, we know what goes on, the body starts decaying, and there is that stench, and now somebody tries to eat out of that. Can we imagine it? It's beyond imagination. The Quran Sharif has described it in this manner. So now somebody corrected us, that this is wrong. What is the response most of the time? Generally, what is the almost instant response? The almost instant response would be that uh, this is not a ribad. Whereas a ribad, but you say no, it's not a ribad. And then we'll try to justify it in some way. That why is it not a ribad? There are various situations. One situation is that if a person has to mention something negative about someone, the issue is that to who is he mentioning it and why is he mentioning it to them? For example, now, in the madrasa, somebody did something which was wrong. They shouldn't have done it. Somebody, for example, now has got a phone and they are communicating on that phone, they are playing on that phone, whereas it is against the rules of the madrasa to bring along a phone. (coughs) So now somebody else saw it, so they are taking it up to the principle to the somebody, some Malima, why are they taking it up the purpose of taking it up is that this is wrong and this person now is going to be showing something perhaps wrong to somebody else on the phone or listening to something wrong and now this is going to get others also involved in this wrong and the rule of the Madrasa now is being broken others are going to get encouraged by this they are going to start doing the wrong thing as well So this becomes a uh, scourge thereafter, one person, then sees somebody doing it, he starts, the third person starts, the fifth person starts. So I need to protect everybody, I need to protect the madrasa. So out of this intention to protect the person, protect the madrasa, protect others, purely with that sincerity of well-wishing, the person now is taking it up to somebody. So you are also mentioning something negative. But that something negative, you are mentioning it to the person who has the ability to do something about it. You are not talking around on the side. Hey, look at what wrong this person is doing. What good is that going to do? That is ghibat. You are mentioning it to someone who has the ability to do something about it. That is fine. But that is also not enough to exclude it from ribat. You are also doing it purely with a sincere intention not just to run the person down, just to make the person small in the eyes of others, just to vent your feelings. No, it is done sincerely to benefit the next person. Then this is not ribat. Otherwise it will be ribat. And ribat, many people, we look down upon them, we talk ill of them, we have fun at their expense, we do many things, that are wrong in that regard, and we think nothing about it, but the thing to be worried about is, that on the day of Qiyamah, sometimes, sometimes somebody, Allah forbid, made a mistake also, did something wrong, the person really did something wrong, but, that person's wrong, they made Tawbah from it already, they made Tawbah from it, they made Istighfar, they begged Allah Taala's forgiveness, but now, we haven't stopped making Ghibat about the person, we don't know about the Tawbah he made, we are still talking ill about him. As a result, our good deeds are getting passed on to him. His sins are coming on to our heads. So now, in dunya, he was looking like the bad one. In dunya, he was looking like the evil one. Because now, he made a mistake. But then nobody knew about the Tawbah. So they carried on talking about him, looking down upon him. But on the day of Qiyamah, he will be running into Jannad. Allah forbid where he will be. Allah forbid due to that ghibad, that looking down upon the next person, Allah forbid where we can finish off. So now coming back to what we were talking, we digressed again. But these digressions which just come by the way is not really by the way. Allah makes it happen for my benefit, for the benefit of others. Sometimes it's somebody's up, it's somebody's question in their heart, it's somebody is searching for some answer. Allah makes it happen that some topic gets discussed without having been planned so nevertheless the point here again we are talking about the takabur. generally this is what happens when a person now gets caught up in that ghibat and somebody now corrects him or corrects her it's almost a spontaneous response it's not ghibad whereas it is and then we'll start justifying it in some way and trying to say why it's not ribat. but we know in our heart of hearts very often we know this is ghee, but this is wrong. But now, what stopped us from accepting the correction? What stopped us from accepting the correction is nothing but takabur, pride. We will not be able to accept it. And this is what in the hadith Sharif Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi explained that the takabur, the elements in takabur, is batarul haq wa ghamtul nas, rejecting the truth and looking down upon people. So now we understand this is correct. If we didn't understand it at that moment, if we think carefully about it, we'll understand it tomorrow. If we still didn't understand it, we will be sincere, then we will go and ask. We'll find out from somebody, from some Alima, somebody else, what is the reality of this? Now they will point it out to us, yes, this is ribat. If a person has got no takabur, the person has suppressed that takabur, now that it has been pointed out, yes, this is ribat they will immediately accept it. They will immediately accept it. And they will make amends for it also. They will go and apologize if the person has got to know about it. They will go and apologize. They will make sincere toba istighfar. They will give some sadaqah on behalf of the person if the person didn't get to know about it. They will make some isal sawab for him. They will do what can be done to make amends for it. And they will accept that this was ghibad, then if somebody corrected them, they will go and acknowledge it. Yes, what you said was right. What I did was wrong. When it will be possible to accept the correction, the possibility to accept the correction will be when there is tawazu. When there is humility. And without tawazu, impossible. So now, from this we understand the severity of this takabbur, which is the lack of tawazu That it becomes a barrier from accepting iman. It becomes a barrier from accepting Rasulullah ﷺ. It becomes a barrier from accepting the teachings of deen. It becomes a barrier from accepting correction from others. It becomes a barrier from a person being able to see his own weaknesses. A person with tawazu truly within himself He looks down within himself, introspects and he understands that, look, this is something which I definitely need to uh, correct myself because I have all these faults in me. The person with tawazu will see his faults. He'll acknowledge his faults because he regards himself as very, very lowly. He regards himself as nobody. So as a result, he can see his faults. He can see his weaknesses. And he said, tawazu is not there we will only see good in ourselves whereas we are filled with weaknesses. A person who has takabur all the time, he is looking at himself as somebody great. Takabur is like taking oneself up. When a person is standing 50 floors high, he is standing at the top of a building 50 floors high and he is looking down at people who are at the bottom end of the building, so it appears that they are all small midgets and he is standing right at the top it seems like he is high and mighty. Whereas, if he comes down, then he will see these people are all big sized people. I am a small midget in front of them. These people are six foot tall and I am a short person in front of them. But when you are standing on the top on the 50th story, it looked like all ants walking at the bottom. So likewise, the person with Takadbur he is seeing high and mighty. He is thinking, I am very above everybody. All these people are all nobody, Nothing. He looks down upon others. But whereas the people from down also are looking up, they seeing one midget on top. They're looking like one speck in the... So he becomes small in the eyes of people also because he wants to keep himself so high and mighty. So in any case, the lesson here again is how important it is to acquire this Tawazo and to eliminate and remove this Takabur. Because till this is not done, Neither can we have a true uh, connection with Allah Ta'ala, neither can we truly connect with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, nor can we practice on Deen correctly because this taqabbu will keep becoming a barrier in so many things and prevent us from practicing Deen correctly because we will keep rejecting the corrections that we get. Who are you to tell me? Why must you tell me? You mind your own business. Now, if I know I did something wrong, then why should I be telling somebody that who are you? Mind your own business. Why should I be saying that? And if I think I am right, then to that person corrected me, he did something good for me, fine, he thought I was doing something wrong, but he was caring for me. So I should appreciate that sentiment, but then our reaction would be very different. Why? Because of the same issue, the takabbur. So we need to start reflecting within ourselves, introspecting, checking deep down, what am I doing, how am I conducting myself, what is in my heart, how much of tawazu do I have in my life. And in order to create this tawazu, in order to inculcate this humility, we have to deliberately make ourselves humble. Because right now it's missing in our lives, so we're going to have to force ourselves to make ourselves humble. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, من تَوَادَعَ لِلَّهِ تَوَادَعَ is from babi Tafa'ul. Those who are familiar with Arabic, they would understand that this Tafa'ul has takalluf in it. A person forces himself. The person forces himself and makes himself humble. But when he keeps doing it, in time it becomes natural. Then he really understands that I am nobody. Otherwise, he regards himself as very great. The just again, one example is coming to mind. We spoke about the person standing on the 50th floor. There is one little, like a saying, one camel, one camel was all the time the only animal around in one area that was completely, very, very flat land. So now this camel was always above everybody. It had never seen a hill also. Flat land all around. And this camel all the time only there and no other big animal around. So this camel was always higher than all the human beings too. It always felt, I am very superior here. Look at me, I am so high and mighty here, so tall, nobody else can match me. One day the person now went on a long journey. Now as he went out on a long journey, while walking and going on, now he came to some different place, different terrain. Now this was kind of mountainous area. So now as it's passing, the first time in its life this camel saw a huge mountain. Now when it's walking, it was walking just alongside that mountain. And the sheer cliffs, now it looked up at the mountain and it saw its own size. Before that it always thought it was very high and mighty. Now when it came past the mountain, now it realized I am not even a speck of dust compared to this mountain. So likewise, when we are on our own, uh, within our own selves, we are thinking that we are somebody, we are high and mighty. That as a result, we feel great about ourselves. But when we will go along and be associating with those who have, who are mountains of knowledge, mountains of piety, mountains of good character, they are mountains in terms of their steadfastness in Deen. And we will be in their company or in the company of their writings and truly with sincerity we will be listening to their talks, etc. Then we will understand what's how small we are and how nothing we are. So any case, this is how we need to now keep checking within ourselves and keep making dua as well that Allah Ta'ala bless us with this tawazu keep putting others forward Keep always reminding ourselves, I am nobody. Keep accepting the correction of others. And if at that time, due to our old habit, we just reacted and said, no, you you got no business to tell me anything. And who are you? But the next minute, the next hour, the realization will come that what I did was wrong. Let us go and humbly apologize. That was not the way for me to talk. What you did was right. You corrected me. That was the right thing. Please always keep telling me and correcting me. Don't deprive me of this correction. Inshallah, we will progress tremendously in this way. And this tawazu will start developing. We'll sincerely feel within ourselves that I'm nobody, I'm nothing. Inshallah, in this way, the more this tawazu increases, the more we'll get closer to Allah wa Ta'ala. And in this way, we'll have the best of dunya and akhirat. May Allah wa Ta'ala give us all the tafik and make us among His true and humble servants. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسيثنا عن عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وعلي وسابي جمعين والحمد لله رب.